welcome to episode two. We are exploring Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. I'm here with Calvin. And this episode is probably one of the most boring titles I've ever heard of, Calvin. It's called The Ordinary World. <laughs> is it going to be as boring as that sounds? So, I mean, the, f- the interesting thing is The Ordinary World probably is boring because it is what we're used to. Um, the Ordinary World is what Joseph Campbell talks about uh, before you even start your journey, before the hero even sets off <laughs> onto their journey. We're in this ordinary world, aren't we? So so if you're thinking about like, because we're mapping out the hero's journey and, you know, simple way of thinking about it is, you know, a movie like Star Wars or, or The Matrix. So yeah. this ordinary world bit is just that is it just basically the first 30 seconds or one minute of of these films or even less yeah it's the setting the scene it's when uh, lord of the rings we get introduced to the fantasy world you know it's all amazing but actually it's just the way things are right this is the way things are right now before the hero kicks off and goes on their journey neil's obviously in his ordinary life in matrix and likewise, you know, we are in our ordinary lives in maybe in a kind of autopilot. I was just going to say that uh, because of when we were exploring this concept of the ordinary world, we mapped it onto the idea of living on autopilot, living automatically, as opposed to living very mindfully and consciously. And uh, it's it was uh, when, when we did our different conversations, it was far from ordinary, the insights that we had. So we could call it the extraordinary world, even though it's the ordinary <laughs> world. Uh, because we had some fantastic insights from our, from our different guests about, about autopilot, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We're just taking Joseph Campbell's work and making it our own, basically. So the extraordinary world, <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which I love. Um, yeah, I would actually like to hear a little bit more about what you think about that and how that relates to i guess the the autopilot what is autopilot and um how does that even relate you know if you were starting out before we even start our inner journey before we go through our transformation what is that um when i think of autopilot i think of actually the first session of a mindfulness course or class like you know most mindfulness programs they tend to be six to eight weeks and a lot of these programs session one is always called autopilot and it's because it's where people start from so i never actually thought about this but the, just like the hero's journey starts on the ordinary world in a way the mindfulness classes starts with people's ordinary world which is the fact that quite often or most of the time probably at least half the time we're in this mode of mind called autopilot and uh, one of the things that we're going to be learning about today with the people that we're talking with Uh, is that actually this autopilot, although it doesn't sound too bad, living automatically, just letting thoughts pop into your head, going about your normal everyday activities in a habitual way, although that doesn't sound so bad, it's actually the cause for a huge amount of suffering in our lives. And it may be the cause of, of all of our suffering in a way. And that suffering is on top of the normal pain that we experience and it's kind of optional and that's the idea and that's why we're learning about all this. Yes, there is pain that we experience in our lives, but then there's the suffering we put on top of that, which is the optional bit, which we're trying to kind of uncover. And maybe part of the cause, maybe part of the root of that is living this very habitual, automatic, low conscious way of living. So I think uh, let's go to our uh, first guest. We spoke with uh, one of my very good friends who's a social entrepreneur. 
Kush Kenodia. And this is what he talked about when he when he when we asked him to reflect on what are the dangers of autopilot. I think the danger is you can literally blink a few times and half your life is gone. I don't know if you've seen that film, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it says, like, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And it's really true. Like, when I was in investment banking, I would get emails about people who'd been in their job for so many years. And I would think, you know, what have they sacrificed the time with their family, their wife, their children? Yeah, what Kush just said, Shamash, really interesting. And I just wonder... What's really involved in coming out of autopilot? You know, what would you say we need to do to stop missing those key moments to be more aware of what's actually happening now? Well, I guess that's what the whole journey of, of mindfulness is all about. And one simple way is simply stopping, stopping what we're normally doing, uh, doing something as simple as taking a conscious breath, connecting with our senses, noticing the different colors around us, stepping a bit further back from our thoughts and our feelings. And underneath underneath all that is actually making a conscious choice. I actually need to choose. I'm not going to keep going down this autopilot, uh, mechanical, robotic, habitual way of living. I want to live in a different way. Let me stop and actually notice what's going on. So when we can actually stop, pause, reflect, and just start observing, you know, with a kind of more neutral perspective. That's, I believe, when we can start living more consciously and just rather than just getting caught up in the drama of everyday life, which generally happens because by the time we take a mindful breath or a mindful pause, you know, most of the day's gone because we've just been running from one activity to another activity. So there's some dangers of autopilot that Kush highlights. And also he touched on some ways of of stepping out from it by pausing, by reflecting, by stopping and starting to really observe. But the question is, why does autopilot even exist? If it was so bad, if it was so dangerous, if it was so unhelpful for us as human beings, then, you know, why would it even exist? So perhaps there are some, some benefits to it. Uh, we spoke to Dr. Wendy Malefi, who's both a mindfulness teacher as well as a, a medical GP, a general practitioner. And she shares all sorts of interesting things about autopilot, but begins by highlighting why we actually have autopilot in the first place. And when this guest of our autopilot can actually end up becoming our master and then some of the dangers of that. Being on autopilot, it enables you to function and to be efficient at a certain level. You can achieve your goals efficiently without necessarily having to think about every step of the process. That, so that is functional. And that is what keeps you going in the kind of uh, environment where it's fast-paced and you're having to churn out very critical decisions very quickly, you know. So it has its role. But as you're alluding to, when you reside there, when you get the green card for for that, it's not always the best place to be because there is always the danger that then you just become this robot, you know, robotic, if you like. You get conditioned into just doing things in the same way all the time. And you, you, you kind of become, in a sense, desensitized and you lose your, you can, not all the time, but you can lose your sense of perception. 
your 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 senses, if I could sort of uh, literally kind of lose that acuity, that sharpness. You miss out on life because you don't see properly anymore. You don't see things that you you know. The, the vividness, the colorfulness of life, the roses, the, the, the greenery out there, because you're just in this sort of automatic pilot way. Yeah. So actually, Shamash, that made me think about a time where when I was, I would say, an autopilot and I was leaving, I was still in a corporate job and I was going home after work and I was going through a big project at work, which I have to say, was not something I was thoroughly enjoying or wanted to do. I was going through a number of other challenges at the same time, right? So I get on the train, leaving London, coming out to my house. And this is, by the way, the last train at night. And I don't know what happened between leaving London Waterloo and <laughs> getting to my destination because... Had you been drinking heavily? I was- I wasn't drinking heavily, but I think I might have been out that night. Ah, okay. <laughs> maybe drinking lightly, okay. maybe. Okay. <laughs> but but I do have to say, I don't remember anything on the journey at all. I remember the doors closing at the station. I remember the stations passing outside the window and a flash of light. But I don't remember when I missed my own stop. I'm sure I've certainly missed my stops in the past uh, so there, there's some kind of everyday examples of when autopilot can cause problems, but even more widely, I mean, I'm just thinking back to, uh, when I was just before I was 18, deciding what career path to go on. And it was a very automatic way of, of deciding and, and going, you know, just following what everybody else was doing, kind of following, following the herd and, and choosing to go to a particular university, doing this engineering degree but not really knowing fully why I wanted to do it. And there was no sense of why, you know, what, what's my purpose or meaning behind that. And so just just um, one thing leading to another and ending up doing a degree, which, yeah, it was kind of interesting, but it certainly wasn't uh, uh, a very meaningful pathway or something that I really wanted to do. So you can end up missing, you know, a few years of your life like that, but it could even have a much deeper impact than even that. Man, you know, if if you're an autopilot and you've got one of those really long train journeys, you're missing a big, <laughs> a big <laughs> you're missing train. hours and hours yeah, yeah, of your, yeah, your time yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. So we heard Kush talk about what we need to do to get out of autopilot, but how do we, how do we do that? I touched on these mindfulness courses and how they start, you know, the first a session is about autopilot and then it starts to share different exercises most of the mindfulness meditations to help us to step out of this autopilot and so uh you know you learn uh, exercises like a body scan where you start feeling the different sensations in your body mindfulness of breath where you focus your attention on on the simple breathing and then even mindfulness of sounds or music mindfulness of of uh, our thoughts as they pop up into our heads seeing them from a distance, just like you you look at the clouds in the sky, you notice them passing through, or you may see waves in an ocean if you're lucky enough to go to a beach. You see them coming and going, but you're not actually inside them. You're not totally caught up with them. You're not one with them, but there's a sense of a distance between you and them. So, so exercises like that can help. But some other little tricks that come to mind, which are even simpler than that, uh, and one that I read about recently is to actually just do your actions... 50% slower just for a minute or two. So uh, let's say if you're typing an email or something, just for a minute, not your whole day, otherwise you won't get your work done, but just for a minute, slow down to half the normal pace. 
Or if you're brushing your teeth, brush your teeth at half the normal pace. Or even if you're walking, you have to get from one place to another just for a minute or two, just really, really slow down. And you will find automatically that the autopilot starts to go down and your mindfulness levels start to rise because if there's a bit more time for awareness or consciousness to rise up. So although mindfulness isn't synonymous with slowing down, actually when you do slow down, it does help to raise our level of awareness. And then just one final one that comes to mind, very simple one, is actually just doing something different. If you always take the same route to work, if you always sit on the same chair, if you always eat the same food, then autopilot can really take a big grip on ourselves. And one way our, our, our human brain is designed is that mindfulness levels go up when there's a novel experience. When the brain experiences something new, it thinks, hang on a minute, I better turn on turn on the, the lights of consciousness here a bit more because of something new's happening. So I need to be a bit more more conscious and aware. And I'm always reminded of this when I see tourists coming to London and they're and they're on the underground and they're just absolutely fascinated by the fact that this train's coming in and they're taking selfies and photographs. They're they're very conscious, aware and excited, where you can see on the other side of the station people who've done that same journey a thousand times and they're very much in their autopilot board listening to their music or looking into the newspaper and the sense of, of of being more closed down and not noticing anything that's happening around them. It sounds a little bit like just being only in your head in some ways, you know, where you know, where we're dwelling in the in the past or the future. And um I guess you you sort of stop hearing your your messages from your body when you are in this autopilot phase or state. Uh, we spoke to psychologist Dr. Vicky Barnes, who shares vividly when we asked her about autopilot. When you're on autopilot, like we said before, you're not recognising anything that's happening. You're just blinkered, you're going through the motions, you're getting through your to-do list, you're on to the next thing. I'm as bad at that as the next person. So I really have to ask myself and remind myself to stop. But when you do stop, I've certainly had these experiences when I thought, oh, wow, I was really uncomfortable during that conversation or I didn't really say what I wanted to say. And I, I get physical manifestations as well. So I sometimes feel like my throat's closing up because I'm not speaking my truth. And I only know that because I do yoga and I focus on the throat chakra and I, you know, so you've got to stop and focus and think about these things for yourself and know what your manifestations are of not being yourself. There'll be physical ones, there'll be psychological ones. Um, sleep goes out the window for me when I'm stressed. When I'm stressed, I'm thinking, am I not living my life? Wow, that's amazing. So it just shows that when we're in this autopilot mode of mind, all sorts of different sensations can come up in our body that may be telling us that we're, we're going down the wrong pathway. And I think actually when we're really an autopilot, like when, you know, Calvin described earlier, you know, when, when he was just, in, he wasn't present at all to what was going on in his surroundings. And obviously I've had that same experience. We can be so out of tune with our body that we just don't know what's going on there. And it's really important to be in touch with our body and our physical sensations because if that's where our emotions manifest too. And uh, our intuitive feelings, uh, which science has found helps us to make decisions. So our decisions are not purely logical, but they're very emotional too. And we can make difficult decisions well if we are in tune with our emotions and if we are connected with our bodies. So by being too much on autopilot, you can miss out on your intuitive feelings 
And these these kind of intuitive feelings um, can help us to get out from some dangerous situations. They can help us make big decisions about you know the partners that we're going to spend our time with, the friends that we're going to spend time with, the kind of careers that we're going to do, uh, and even our day to day decisions. You know, you can get a sense of should I do this or should I do that. And if we're too much on autopilot, we're not going to be able to make those those decisions well. And this can particularly impact our relationships. So we spoke to therapist Murray Williams, who shares how autopilot can actually impact the stories, the narratives that are kind of popping up in our head, and the, the kind of words or thoughts that we say to ourselves, which can really impact our relationships because we become very hooked or very fused with those thoughts. And it can also impact the other parts of our lives. I think we all have autopilot behaviours and thoughts. I mean, we, we, we're so complex, don't we? Of course, we've got stuff running that's autopilot. So certainly for me, there were certain narratives that I had running. So I had a narrative running, which was, you know, I can't be alone, which led me to choose the wrong partners. Um, you know, I had a narrative of overcaring because I had to overcare for my mum, which led me to stay in relationships too long. You know, there were lots of narratives in there which all kind of fed into one another. And so I think the danger is if you're not looking at your life saying, is this the life I want to be leading? Even if you don't know what that autopilot is, you never recognise that it's going on. So we know that autopilot then can impact our relationships, even the narrative we tell ourselves. What else can we do to step out of autopilot apart from things like mindful meditations? We spoke to Dr. Merish Sharif, a medical doctor and coach, on the dangers of autopilot, but also what kind of activities that she shares with her clients to help them step out of autopilot. Something that I do with my coaching clients is a little activity so I will ask them to either describe or write down, a, a, you know, a, an everyday journey that they do. So whether that's the school drop off, whether that's a journey to the gym, whether that's a journey to work. And I'll get them to describe that to me and, and just sort of really take in how present they are during that journey. And often people will literally say, OK, well, I get out the door, I get into my car and I get to work and that's it. If you really start, you know, this will really relate to your mindfulness and you'll love it because actually it's all about being present in that time. And every day is different. So every day you do the same journey, the situation and the circumstances around that are very different. So how you're feeling on that day, how your family might be feeling on that day, what's happening outdoors will be different. So it's a case of, you know, stepping out your door. What's the weather like? Is it raining? Is it sunny? What's the traffic like? What did you see when you walk to your car? You know, the hustle and bustle that you hear. How do you feel when you're driving? What's on your left? What's on your right? How you feel when you've done whatever it is that you're doing? So have you reached your end point? Are you stuck in traffic? How does that make you feel? You know, all those sort of little, little things we overlook, don't we? We literally just go from A to B and that's it. So we've learned all sorts of interesting things about uh, autopilot, what in the hero's journey is called the ordinary world. But there's actually a lot more to this, it's a lot more extraordinary than, than I first thought when I considered this, this episode. I uh, learned so much from our various guests. And the fact that, first of all, that autopilot has some benefits of it. it. It kind of helps us to get things done quickly without maybe so much effort. But it's got lots of dangers associated with it. And when we let it rule our lives, we can end up uh, in relationships that are unhelpful or 
or not right for us. We can end up doing careers that we're not really choosing consciously. Or even <laughs> as Calvin shared, you could just end up missing the station that you want to get off at, <laughs> both, uh, both in real life and perhaps metaphorically too. So there's all sorts of different dangers here. And so autopilot is a challenge. And one way of getting ourselves out of that is through cultivating different mindful activities and exercises. So join us next week where we'll be talking about the call to adventure. Because when we move from the ordinary world and we are stepping out of autopilot, there's something that pushes us. There's something that challenges us. And this challenge will motivate us to go on our own inner journey of transformation. So be sure to tune in next week, Thursday, for episode three. Oh, I love the type, the call to adventure. I mean, I can't wait for next week. That's that. I'm really looking forward to it already. So if you've been listening, please do leave us a re- review wherever you've been listening. Uh, you can be a hero too by leaving us a review. Do the right that's, thing. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the hero's journey for you. If you enjoyed it, leave, leave a review. And do check out our website, www.mindfulconvo.com. You'll see the various episodes there, the show notes, and any upcoming workshops that we have that are linked to this. Thank you so much for listening and remember check out next week Uh, i'm really excited to learn about the call to adventure bye for now